The Gospel reading for this seventh Sunday in Easter comes from John chapter 17, beginning at verse 6. Jesus prayed, I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them, and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost, except the one destined to be lost, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, so that they also may be sanctified in truth. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who prays for you. Amen. For many months, each Wednesday at 11 a.m., I log on to my Zoom account, and I open a recurring meeting titled, Connect and Pray. By 11.05 or so, up to a dozen or more of us are gathered on the screen to share together for about an hour updates on our lives and what we are praying about. Sometimes we've named deep worries and anxieties. Sometimes it admitted to struggles and fears that are otherwise hard to say out loud. Recently, one person has joined us from her spouse's hospital room. At other times, we share news of births and graduations and vaccinations and other joyful events. Each time we close with the Lord's Prayer. Now, if you've ever tried to speak something aloud in unison while on a video call, you know that it's tricky business. Voices echo and bounce off of each other, almost like you're in a stone cathedral. 
One person goes faster than another. Someone else is three words behind. You can feel us all kind of slow down to try and wait for each other, but no matter how hard we try, it's never quite as unified as it would be if we were in the same room. And yet, as disjointed and messy as it is, it is also beautiful. If I had to choose three words to describe Jesus's prayer as we just heard it in the Gospel of John, those last three words might be as good as any, messy, disjointed, and beautiful. Did you get a little lost while the Gospel was being read? At some point, did you think to yourself, what was that again? Or, I'm sorry, what is Jesus talking about? Rest assured, you're not the only one. This prayer comes at the end of a long goodbye. Jesus knows that the authorities are closing in on him. He even knows that one of his friends has walked out and is going to betray him to the soldiers who are prowling the streets. But before all of that happens, Jesus is spending the last hours he has with his friends in some very intentional ways. He begins by washing their feet. Not glamorous, but the embodiment of lives of love and service to which they're called. He gives them a new commandment. Love one another, he says, as I have loved you. He promises to send them the Holy Spirit as an advocate, to stand with them and accompany them so that they will know they have not been abandoned, that they're not alone. He reminds them that they're like branches on a vine together, nourished and fed and connected to each other and to the very life of God, and they're called to bear good fruit. Last Sunday, we heard Jesus call his friends to agape love, to the kind of love that's made known in our actions. Not just in how we feel about each other, but in, we, in what we actually do and how we build and maintain healthy communities together. And now today, we're at the very end. Near the moment when the soldiers will come and the disciples will splinter apart and deny ever having known Jesus in the first place. When every step on the path in front of Jesus is filled with anxiety and pain and loss and standing there in that moment, Jesus prays for his friends and himself and for us. If it feels a little bit like we're eavesdropping on a very intimate moment, that's because we are. The disciples, as the story tells it, are still there in the room, but Jesus is pouring out his heart almost as if he were completely alone. The words of his prayer kind of twist and turn. They make sense and then they don't. They're easy to follow and then almost impossible to understand all at the same time. And I have to admit that I over time have gotten frustrated about that. What, what, I would say, what is this dense, confusing, rambling prayer doing in the gospel? And what are we supposed to do with it? And then 
I thought about the last time that I woke up at 2 a.m. facing a path full of worry, anxiety, and loss. And I thought about the rambling and dense and confusing words that swirl through my own head in those moments. I thought about how often the right words seem to elude us all in our prayers, no matter how hard we try. How often we expect ourselves to get it right in prayer, especially if we're going to do that out loud. And how much we carry with us the fear that we messed it up. How do we pray when we feel and see and hear stories of suffering so deep and wide it's almost impossible to get your mind around it? How we stumble to pray for the safety of Palestinians being bombed by Israeli forces, children among those killed, and pray also in a world where anti-Semitism is still very real and harmful and dangerous. How often we fumble when our tears and prayers are the same thing. Tears of rage or sighs of grief, intensities in our demands so high, it's like no one else in the world even exists. There are times when we know exactly what we want to pray for and how to do it and what to say. And Jesus' prayer today is not for those times. Instead, today we stand with Jesus' first disciples and we get to listen to a God who knows what it's like to stumble through a prayer, to reach for the right words, to pour out a heart anxious and worried and yet so full of love that it pleads for protection and hope and life. And as we watch Jesus, what we see is this, that praying honestly from the depths of who we truly are, getting that out is more important than getting it right. This week at our meeting, our council president, Jessica, offered a prayer that reminded me much of Jesus' prayer, helped me through some of the swirling, unformed, unsettled emotions that are taking up a lot of space in my mind these days. It's a prayer that was written for Easter by Pastor Nadia Boltz-Weber. And it stumbles and fumbles its way around a little bit, but it's been exactly the prayer I needed. And so I'll offer it for us. Dear God, I know I was just complaining about my turn for the vaccine, but now that I've gotten mine, this part also feels tricky. So I have some Easter related questions, God. I'm wondering, that dawn many years ago when Jesus came out of his own tomb, did he step haltingly toward the light or did he run? Did he know who he was right away or did it take a minute? Did he harbor resentments about his faltering friends or was he free? I'm asking because many of us are stepping into the first light of a post-pandemic dawn and one minute I want to run full speed and the next I'm unable to move. And if I talk too much about what was lost, I feel like a bummer. 
but if I talk at all about the unexpected gifts, I feel like I am callous. And I'm not sure I can ever be who I was before, but I'm also not sure who everyone else is now either. My Easter request, O oh God, is this. Help us remember that resurrection isn't reversal, that as we return to life, we are carrying our own wounds from loss and isolation. But we're also emerging with new beauty and new wisdom. We are not who we were, but we get to discover who we are. Help us not foreclose on each other. Maybe just grant us a holy curiosity for a while. Please give me the courage to trust the hope I feel right now. Save me from squandering this moment of new life. Remind me that all the fear and cynicism in the world never protect me from pain and disappointment the way I think they will. Give us back to each other when the time is right. May we recognize you our wounded and resurrected God, in our belly laughs and our crocodile tears, and maybe even in each other. And may we still stumble and fumble our way through prayer every step of the way. Amen.